Hello members of Real Estate Training by DavidKnox.com. I am pleased that you have joined me on another issue of Real Talk. I am joined today by a longtime friend of mine named Richard Flint. He is a speaker in the real estate industry, but more importantly in all industries. He has spoken at uh, 14 NAR conventions. And Richard's background is not in real estate specific information, but he deals with the behavior and the challenges that we all face. He's a PhD in both philosophy and in psychology and he's written 17 books and as I mentioned has appeared at the NAR convention for 14 times. So Richard, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Oh, David, I'm great and it's great to be here and have some time with you just for you and I to sit and chat and talk. Thank you very much. We, you and I go back about 20 years. I've never seen you wear a tie. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't wear ties. I mean, I had a closet one time of well over 150 suits and I just got tired of suits and one day I was in Las Vegas in a shirt shop and I saw these exotic looking shirts, and I thought, you know what, I like that. <laughs> so I put away the seats, started wearing the shirts, and since then- It's been your trademark. That's been, that is part of my trademark, yeah, that's yeah. part of who I am. Yeah. If I ever showed up in a suit, I'm not sure people would know who I was. You know what, I should do, the, we should reverse roles. We'll put you in a suit, and I'll show up in a flowered shirt, see, see what happens. One of the, th like I say, I've known you for uh, 20 years, and you've been well-respected as a speaker, and you're doing a lot of coaching for some uh, real estate friends of mine. And you deal with the area of you know, psychology and fears and things like that. Now what I'd like to talk about is your five philosophies of life that you are known for. And uh, so I'd like to hear about them and how they apply to, to our members. Yeah, well, I'm known for my philosophies. Everything that I write and create is based in my world of philosophies. Okay. And so my top five are these. Behavior never lies. And a lot of people look at me funny when I say that. but. David, the essence of truth is not what someone says, it's what they do. And the thing that I've learned, I'll listen to everything you say to me, but if I wanna know about you, I'm gonna study your behavior because your behavior cannot lie. And how many times have you and I been disappointed because someone said one thing and did another? Right. And in the world of real estate, how many times do they make promises that they don't deliver? And what that customer remembers is what you did not do. Yeah. So we need to be conscious that our behavior creates our reputation. Our behavior defines the respect the customer has for us. Okay. So hang on to this, behavior never lies. I love that phrase and it goes the other way around. I have agents who the buyers say, oh, we're gonna buy from you, we're gonna buy from you. Well, you've been working with them for uh, you know, six weeks. Uh, their behavior is saying they're not gonna buy. So I think we have to take a look at our buyers. Uh, don't listen to their words, watch their behavior. Yeah, and if you know- and sellers. Yeah, and if you know for sure they're not gonna do business with you, cut them loose. Because yeah. all they're doing is draining you. They're pulling you down. Okay. The second one is, is the second most predominant philosophy I've written. Anything you don't confront, you validate. And I see this really truthful in brokers and managers and offices, is that there's behavior from the agents and that behavior is, is not in line with what the company is about. Okay. And so what happens, they sit there and they think, you know, that's one of my top agents. So you know what, I, 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 can't, I can't deal with that. So what happens in that scenario, I'm the agent, you're the manager, but I run the office. Because if you don't confront my behavior, you've given me the freedom to do whatever I wanna do. And most, most managers are fearful of confrontation. And all they've got to realize is that confrontation is the skill of resolution. And it's the third most important skill that a leader needs to have. 
listening, communication, confrontation, delegation, and decision making. Confrontation sits right in that middle. But if I don't confront your behavior, I've told you it's okay. And then what happens? I get frustrated with you. And so I blow my cool. And you're sitting there thinking, what's wrong with Flint? That's just the way I've been doing it. So I must address it because if I don't confront it, I validate, validate it. it. You know what comes to mind when you say that is, is the bottom quarter of real estate agents that probably they're great human beings, they're good mothers, good fathers, good everything. They are truly great human beings. They just are not good at real estate selling. And the managers won't confront them and let them go, so they validate that low performance and, uh, and it lowers the productivity of the entire office. So uh, if you're in that bottom quarter, just leave. And if you're a manager, let them go. Yeah, take them to lunch and order theirs to go. <laughs> yeah. It'll be the best time you've ever had. Because I ask managers all the time, does that desk cost you money? Yes. Are they paying for that desk? No. How long have they not paid for it? Oh, for some time. Then why do you keep them? Because all you're doing is validating the fact they don't have to do anything. And by the way, your top agents, your really quality agents, know what's going on. Yeah. So they lose respect for you. Yeah. I think of relationships, uh, husband and wife, boyfriend or whatever, uh, that if something goes on in a relationship, we don't confront it. And confronting doesn't need to be a negative word. It can be just a, hey, I want to chat about it. We validate it, and the other person assumes that uh, what they're doing must be okay. Well, when I was in the counseling room doing marriage counseling, the biggest reason people came for, to me is because they never confronted anything. And now it gets... That bugs you? Yes, it's bugged me for 30 years. Well, really? Why don't you say Why anything? Why don't you just say something? Yeah. Okay. And my third philosophy. Third. And I love this one. That the greatest compliment in life is when you have a presence that is present when you're not present. I like that. Yeah. Because in real estate, that's the key to repeat and referral business. You know, if I'm happy with you, I want to do more business with you. If I'm happy with you and you have a presence that it has a presence, even when you leave my house, I can't turn loose of you because of who you are, what you do, how you do it. I can trust you. I can depend on you. You know what? I'm going to refer you to everybody. Most agents spend the majority of their money marketing to create a presence that they could have if they just did the quality job with the customers and turned them into their marketing tool. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. That's so, so powerful. And uh, I, I, there's another quote that may tie into this. It's one of those you see on Facebook that says, people may not remember, you know, what you said, but they'll remember how they felt in your presence. Does that, does that? Yeah, fits in this. You ever had this happen to you? You know, someone says, you know, I heard a speaker the other day. What was their name? What was their name? Really had a presence, didn't they? Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden you're on stage and you walk off and people say, man, you need to go hear David Knox. You've created presence. Okay. And then my fourth one. I love this one. Most people want honesty as long as it's not honest. <laughs> I just love this one. Yeah, I mean, because I most, most people say, don't want honesty. Most people want honesty as long as it's not honest. <laughs> you, ever, you ever had this happen to you? <laughs> I, I used to get it the all the time. as long as I agree with it. Yeah, I've had this happen to so many times. Uh, now, be honest with me. And I go, really? <laughs> Do you really want me to be honest? Mm -hmm. And I ask people the question all the time, do you really want everyone to be totally honest with you? What do you think the majority of the response is? Probably will say no. No. Because why? Honesty has accountability. Now, understand something. There's a difference between honesty and criticism. Sometimes people will say, you know, David, I really care about you, so I feel I need to be honest with you. 
what they're doing is they're asking permission to criticize you. Okay. And the difference between honesty and criticism is intent. Am I here to help you or am I here to be better than you are? But people who are in your support group and your fan club, and you never keep anyone in your life who's not part of your fan club. These people will be honest with you, but you have to be open to the honesty. Yeah. I, I encourage our members to role play and be open to the honesty. And uh, to me, honesty has two parts to it. Number one, feedback. What did I see you do? And it's subjective, kind of like a court of law. Evidence has to be cross-examined. Uh, honestly, this is what I saw. And the other part of it is feeling. Here's how it made me feel. So those are two parts of honesty, like here's what happened, here's how I feel about it. Well, and everyone who you are listening to this, understand something. Nothing will improve without honesty. You know, in the counseling room with couples, I used to add them. Are y'all honest with each other? No, he couldn't handle the honesty. Or she couldn't handle the honesty. Well, that lack of honesty, what's it done to your communication? All right, you have that cell that comes, okay, what's my house worth? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. And you know what it's worth, but you know that's not the number they're looking for. Right. So I'm going to give them this great number, which to me is an ethical issue. If I'm not honest with you, to me, that's an ethical issue. Because right. what happens, I come back and say, you know what, David? We got to lower. We got to lower the price. Well, why didn't you tell me that up front? Yeah, thank you. That's that's yeah. Honesty with clients, telling the truth. You know, and and sometimes people come back and they say, uh, you know, we want you to cut your commission. And agents will use all these stupid, snappy lines and things they memorize in some kind of book. When in fact, I've said, why don't you just tell them honestly how you feel and say, you know, the truth is, I want to get paid. And this is what I charge, and I want to get paid. When I don't get paid, I'm not as excited about working. So I just tell them the truth. No, I don't want to cut. On the table. On yeah, the put table. Put on the table. This is what I charge, and I honestly don't want to cut. Why not? Because I make less money. And then the fifth one is one of my favorites. People want to improve as long as they don't have to change anything. <laughs> and, I, you know, I hear, I hear this all the time. I had this guy come and tell me, Richard, I want you to come into my company, but you have to leave me alone because I'm okay. But it's my, it's my people that you have to be concerned about. I said, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll come in, we'll get your people healthy, and we'll all leave you alone. <laughs> it's, and it's not about change. It's about improvement. I'll improve as long as I don't have to change. Yep. Yeah. And we need to take the emphasis off of change. I don't ever ask anybody that I work with to change. Because I know change is an emotional term. And I know that in their mind, they want to be better. But to do that, what do I have to do? I got to tear down that wall of resistance and that wall of resistance is what I'm going to have to change. So I'm not even going to put that word in front of me. And people ask me, well, what am I going to have to change? I tell them nothing, but you are going to have to improve. And how do I improve? Your behavior. Yeah. Improvement is always about behavior. Yeah. Well, and then again, why do we always hide it? Why can't we just say you're going to change your behavior? Why do we have to hide it? It's kind of like role playing. You know, managers say, well, we're going to do it practice. We call it everything else. I you know, it's just role playing. <laughs> why do we have to change the name to make it more palatable? Can't we just say, hey, you're going to have to do something different, which is axiomatic. It's change. Because we're emotional creatures. And see, here's what happens. When I throw change at you, change is an emotion. So I'm working from your emotions up. I've already put a wall up in place. But if I come to you and say, you know what, David, I listened to your presentation, and here's three areas where I think we can improve. Okay. Now I've got your imagination. Okay. Because improvement is what your imagination is all about. 
Well, good. Why don't you just give us the close us out and give us a final, summarize those five philosophies. Behavior never lies because behavior is the essence of truth. Mm -hmm. Anything you don't confront, you validate. So if I validate your behavior, it's no longer your issue. It's mine. Okay. Create a presence that has presence when you're not present. Never let people be able to forget you. Okay. okay? And, and then honesty. Most people want honesty as long as it's not honest. And, but nothing's going to get better if we're not honest. And then most people want to improve as long as they don't have to change anything. <laughs> Those are great philosophies, and they go right to the heart of things we experience all day long. So, Richard, thank you so much for oh, being part pleasure, of this video. My pleasure, David. Thank all of you for being members of Real Estate Training by DavidKnox.com and for watching this video.